if you put all those eggs in that one basket, you come out of that event feeling a little bit deflated. Dizones Radio, episode 695, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, no uh, official sponsor today, so I get to, to toot my own horn on something. Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about coaching, but not not what I normally talk about, not giving you the options that are available and the links and all that kind of good stuff, but uh, talk about the, the one of the, I think one of the biggest values of, of having a coach that works well with you, finding somebody that, that you're pretty simpatico with, and then sticking, sticking together for a while. Um, of the, the 20, I don't know what I have, 20, 25 or so athletes that I'm working with currently, um, I would say probably, and this is just me spitballing numbers, but probably more than half I've been working with for more than at least a year. For for more than 12 months consecutively, we've been working together. Many of them in the, into the 20s and 30 months in a row, so into two, almost two and, and sometimes three years worth of, of consecutive month after month working together, You know, building up for a race, coming back down, building that base back up, maintaining, working on some fitness, chasing some different goals, and just, you know, the... the the continued evolution and growth of, of these individuals. And from a coaching perspective, um, I really think that, that I'm able to do more with folks the longer that I work with them. So, um, I hope that, that they're, I, I may, I trust that they're seeing that there's continued value because they continue to, to pay me, uh, and continue to work with me. But you know, the longer that I work with somebody, the more we start to, to share the same mind, we start to think the same. I know what each each of my runners likes as far as what do they need to do or what, what do they prefer to do before a race? What kind of things do I need to remind them of? What kind of things do I know that they're taking care of so I don't have to remind them of? And it's different for each person. And and quite honestly, the, the only way I get to know those things is through working with somebody week after week, month after month, and in a lot of cases, year after year. So, um, you know, if, 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 if you're doing well on your own, by all means, keep on keeping on. If you want to work with me for just one training cycle or kind of get a feel for, for what it's like to work with me and then kind of go back to doing your own thing, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, if you've got some, some goals, and, and you know I'm a big fan of big goals, some goals that are going to take you some good time to get to, months and years possibly, um, and you, you want a co-pilot, you want a wingman, you want somebody on your shoulder helping you, maybe getting in your head once in a while, more so than just uh, through the podcast, um, I've got some options available. I've got some openings in both the coterie and the one-to-one level, which are more of the, the recurring month-to-month type of, of relationships that we have. Um, no long-term commitments. You can you can drop out anytime if you find out it's not right for you. But if you want to check all that information out, disruns.com slash coaching. But just just something to think about that, uh, you know, I think the best coaching relationships aren't just for one training cycle, but they're the kind of thing where we really get to know each other, work together, and, and really see some growth and improvement over time. So if you want to do something like that, uh, we'd love to have you on board. We'd love to have you join the ranks of the Diz Runners. But uh, enough, enough of that for today. Uh, now we'll just go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Oh, hey, one, one other thing, guys. Just, just letting you know, uh, there's, no, there's no crazy F-bombs or excessive uh, language in this episode, but there are a few uh, kind of minor league 
uh, four-letter words, if you will. So, you know, just just giving you a heads up. I know a few people kind of uh, you know tend to listen in the car, might have the kids around. Um, so just use your discretion on whether some some lower-level uh, borderline curse words, uh, and maybe some that aren't aren't so much borderline, but certainly not uh, not the big one. But uh, just a heads up that there's a little bit of language in this one, so uh, be be forewarned. And uh, you know, if that means you need to put the headphones on or save this one for another time, uh, I totally get it. But uh, now officially we'll kick back and uh, get on with today's episode of the show enjoy hey guys uh today's guest is a guy that is pretty much all in on all things endurance and it it really doesn't matter uh if the event is swimming biking running or some combination uh, of the three um if there's a race involved to be run he's probably competing in it and uh today's guest has competed in events honestly that i didn't even know existed so uh i'm looking forward to learning a bit more about uh, various sports and combinations of sports and, and different things, you know, from the triathlete world to duathlons, uh, cycle cross races. He's obviously a runner as well. Swim runs, which is something I'd never heard about before. And, and uh, he's an ambassador for uh, the Ignite Swim Run Company. So uh, looking forward to hearing all kinds of things about all kinds of uh, topics related to endurance with uh, none other than Mr. Nate Lohman. Uh, thanks for joining us, Nate. Really appreciate it. And welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, certainly. And guys, if you want to check out the show notes for today's episode, photos, uh, you know, links, anything that uh, we talk about today that makes sense, we'll have it all hooked up there. Dizruns.com slash 695. No real social media or websites or things like that to, to uh, promote for Nate today. So uh, just head over to the show notes and we'll have everything uh, that, that makes sense. Like I said, to link to right there. Dizruns.com slash 695. So Nate, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with um, what is really a simple question, uh, at least it's a simple question to ask. Sometimes it's a simple question to answer. Sometimes it's, it's a little bit difficult. And uh, for you, gosh, I don't know. I mean, you can, you can take it from any uh, certain discipline, any certain type of race. Um, you can take it multiple directions, multi-sports, whatever we got to do here. But uh, just to, you know, love to start the conversation by simply asking, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, see, my favorite distance to race, you know, I... Uh... I did listen to another podcast and you sent me that question and I've been thinking about how to frame that because, you know, I'm kind of a jack of many trades. So um, I guess it is uh, the time frame. Let's let's think in time then. Okay. So but I span a lot of different events. I would say probably from like three hours to six hours is my sweet spot when it comes to endurance events. So if that's a trail run, it might be like a 25K, you know, to 50K. Mm -hmm. Um, For triathlon, I really enjoy the uh, half Ironman distance. Um, And the the new sport that I've gotten into as of late is the swim run events. And those are about 25K of trail running and heading around to two miles of swimming so that comes out somewhere in that time range too so that seems to be the my sweet spot i guess and uh, i think the reason for that is that um i really am i think uh, an endurance animal Uh, i don't really have that quick uh power kind of thing that you know some folks might and it's that distance or that time frame that I feel like, I don't know, um, I always have a, I usually, I should say, I usually have a performance objective to the stuff that I do. Um, so that time frame to me is, 
um, you know, it's long enough that I feel like I can, you know, like it's, a, it's some work, you know, mm-hmm. and it's some planning in terms of nutrition and weather and, you know, those kinds of dynamics and any of one of those chess pieces can come in to either make or break your day. And it's that question mark, I guess, that I uh, am really drawn to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I knew when I when I asked the question that, that there was going to be so many different angles that this could come from, and, and uh, definitely want to get into some of the the, the multi sport uh, things as we go. But um, keeping it keeping it broad to start out with, I guess, what uh, you know, you, you said that you're um, a bit of a more of an endurance uh, type of animal, less a little bit less uh, power and explosiveness, more more endurance, which obviously that that works well with you know distance running and triathlons and all these these types of pursuits that, that you're in, and, and quite frankly, that most of us listening are, are involved in as well. Um, where'd you get started down this, this route? Was it, uh, you know, the kind of thing where, um, junior high, high school, things like that running cross country or, or how did you get started in the endurance world? Uh, yeah, that was exactly it. It was, uh, actually cross country. Um, actually I started out as a, a soccer player and I went to, uh, a small rural school that actually didn't even have a, a varsity soccer program. So I was playing, um, like club soccer uh, in a community, you know, a couple away from mine actually growing up. And so, um, you know, in most places, you know, soccer, the competitive season is in the fall. And, you know, um, I didn't have a varsity team at my high school. So my mom suggested to stay in shape for soccer that I maybe run some cross country. And so I did that to get in shape for playing club soccer in the spring. And um, she was right. It did make me uh, a better soccer player, but I found um, a real niche and a community amongst those cross-country guys. And then uh, I left the soccer field behind and became a full-time runner in cross-country and track and went to state championships three years and things like that. So yeah, that's how I started. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did you, did you run in, in college at all or just to, through high school? No, I did not run in college. Um, I, uh, and I, I, I suppose looking back, that is maybe one regret that I have, although I don't know that I've really, you know, uh, dwelled on it mm-hmm. for too long, but I had a buddy who uh, was a year ahead of me and he ran in college and I saw him get really burnt out uh, in his first year, in his freshman year. And I decided that I didn't want that to be me. And um, I wanted, I guess, to still be doing the stuff that I'm doing now. So I chose not to. And um, then in my, you know, in my college days, I actually uh, went, swung way the other way and became a power lifter of all things. Wow. So yeah, I got into the gym and competed in powerlifting events and uh, yeah. And then, and then found your way back to, uh, to an endurance sports. How, how did that, uh, did that phase last long though? The powerlifting and, and the, and the, the bodybuilding, did, was that a, a entire through college or, or when did you come back kind of into the, the running endurance scene? Yeah, that, took up most of uh, my 20s from about 
you know, 20 till 29, I was competing in powerlifting stuff and uh, gained like 60, you know, 60 pounds or so. And, you know, um, and what brought me back is that I um, had kind of a traumatic event in, you know, my life and at 29. And I just sort of found my way back to a little running. And then I, uh, decided that I wanted to try a duathlon so I bought a bike you know off the, out of the newspaper and um, that started me down my endurance path again and I'm, I'm glad it did you know the the weight training really uh, wreaked havoc upon you know my body and I'm kind of glad I got out of it when I did so I shed those you know 40 to 60 pounds and you know now I became a endurance machine so Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, it's it's that that was a twist. I, I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't see coming, especially from the the first answer of not being as much of a power explosive kind of guy. And and well, here we go. Ten you know, almost ten years of uh, of bodybuilding and powerlifting. But uh, but yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of those things. And you mentioned how that can really wreak havoc on your on your body and your joints. And it just um, put a little smile on my face because of all the the times that I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard as well, and, and people listening have heard. You know, oh, I can't I can't run it. So or you shouldn't run it. So bad for your knees. Um, yet, you know, anything that you maybe take to too far of an extreme, whether it's running, whether it's powerlifting, whether it's anything, um, can, can cause us problems if we're not careful. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I did, you know, um, I, I'm not really built like a power lifter, right. You know, um, like, uh, I'm a little taller, like five eleven, and I don't have that, you know, sort of short muscle mm-hmm. that, that was really, you know, conducive to that kind of explosive movements. Um, so, I mean, I did okay with it, but, you know, it was never going to be anything, you know, that I was probably going to, you know, get as much fulfillment out of as, you know, my endurance sport. So, right, right. Um, sticking with, uh, kind of the, more of the running side of your life, at least for, at least for right now. Um, yeah. but I, I definitely want to get into some of the multi stuff eventually, but, um, you know, it, once you got back into running and endurance and, you know, kind of approaching 30 years old and, and, and beyond, um, you know, did you tend to migrate more towards roads, trails, a, a mix of both? Like what, you know, early days to till now, kind of what's, what's the running uh, side of your life been like? Um, I think I, um, I have a smattering for in everything, right? I, um, I don't, you know, not, I don't avoid the roads. Um, I suppose if I have my druthers, I'm going to rather run trail than roads. But, you know, even during my weekly runs, I probably split my time between roads and trails uh, fairly evenly. I'm pretty fortunate that I live on the edge of the Cauga Valley National Park, and there are, you know, quite a few options in terms of trails for me. So um, that anymore that's where i would rather be if i have you know had to pick but you know i'll go do road events or trail events you know whatever i feel like so gotcha gotcha did i did i see somewhere along the line in a various blog post or or something uh that that you ran boston at one point as well i did yeah i have done the the boston marathon yes how was how was that experience Oh, I, I, the Boston Marathon was fabulous. Um, you know, to me, that's just the qualifying for Boston that, you know, is sort of the hard part, I think. And actually, when I did, I want to say maybe it was even back around 2007. 
So the qualifying marks weren't quite as difficult as they've recently become, but that was just a fabulous experience. Um, and that I did that more for the experience. I actually went there and um, I met a buddy of mine who also qualified, and he and I were, I think we were in separate waves if I remember correctly, but I actually even took along cycling shoes and stuff like that with me and rented a bike the day before and <laughs> rode around the entire city. So that, that was kind of interesting. But yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Uh, people lining the road from start to finish. And uh, it, was, it was a great experience. Gotcha, gotcha. Would you have uh, any ambition of trying to qualify again or was it a nice one and done and it was a great experience but not, uh, not for you anymore? Uh, it's a, it was a one and done. Um, I don't know that, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, runners who are trying to qualify for Boston, it becomes such a myopic focus that I don't, uh, that's just not my cup of tea, you know, any longer. Um, so yeah, I probably, I probably won't do it again. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's that's one of the beauties of our of our sport is that it's you know it, it, a whole bunch of different strokes for a whole bunch of different folks. It's definitely yeah. uh, folks that listen to the show regularly know that I, I I cannot avoid talking about Boston if I if I have somebody on who's who's run it before because it's definitely a big goal of mine. Um, but I'm still far enough away from qualifying that it's not uh, my myopic focus just yet. Like I I, um, I would be fo- I'd have to be focused on it for way too long to to keep getting a bit older and, and get those those qualifying times become a bit more uh, you know within reach uh, once you get into your for me at least once I get into my uh, mid 40s to 50s maybe if I can get a little bit faster I will have a chance to uh, to let those those lines collide. But um, glad glad you got to run it once got to experience it and, and enjoy it um and i imagine you know and there's no way that you would know since you just did it the one time but i i have a feeling that between 2007 and now in the, the last 12 years it's probably it, even though it was a big deal then and and like you said a great experience uh i have to imagine that, that it's probably even more of a circus now than it was uh back then yeah that 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 could be um i just feel like that uh you know marathon training is a very a very tricky thing right um, and I feel like it just beats your body up you know I don't I mean most of I mean surely I have a lot of training partners and things that you know that's their focus but I really feel like the kind of training that you have to do like if you're a bubble athlete and you have this goal to qualify for Boston um, I think I think the training that you have to do to get there, to kind of get on the other side of that bubble, just tends to beat people up and they get hurt. And on race day, I don't know that they run smart. Um, I just think it's a really, it's a really tricky thing to to hit Boston. And unless you're, I mean, surely there are a lot of gifted runners out there, you know, if that's their forte. So I guess I'm speaking about those folks that are, you know, on the bubble. And I think the times have only gotten more competitive. And I think they're thinking about lowering them even a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. I heard that someplace. So, yeah, it's it's always uh, it's it's they, they actually did just lower them uh, for this this I think it's for for the 2019 race. So the, the qualifying for last year um, to where it was kind of frustrating. Like like I picked up five years, you know, when I when I turned uh, obviously when I turned 30 or picked up five minutes, and now had to give them back. They they, they took the five minutes back and, and bumped everything down a bit again. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's 
it's tough for for sure especially like you said for those of us that aren't just the most naturally gifted gazelle-like runners out there that can just go throw down a, a sub three hour marathon without even feeling like we're, we're working at all yeah i have a actually i've i've had an um, many conversations with a good friend of mine. He has been uh, trying to qualify, and um, I get a little frustrated with him sometimes because I don't feel like uh, he listens. To, he's, <laughs> he's not listening to me and the feedback that I'm given. But he just sort of, and, and maybe some of my opinion is, uh, you know, based upon my conversations with him. But I just feel like he is running at it, at it, at it so much mm-hmm. that. Um, I've told him, you know, my advice to you is to step back and train in a little different way if you want to make it. And and he's a fairly he's a fairly gifted runner, and all his numbers um, say that he should be able to qualify fairly handily. Mm-hmm. And something always pops up on that day that derails his his efforts. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, a funny thing sometimes, and I've I've noticed this both sometimes with myself and, and also with some of the folks that I, that I work with from a coaching perspective. Uh, fairly similar to what you're saying, I think, where sometimes we get so focused on on a goal that it almost you know makes it more difficult. And as soon as we kind of change our focus a little bit or take some of that pressure off to to perform on this one this one day, um, you know, you can kind of surprise yourself and and end up running better. Um, thinking, thinking of me, there's been a couple times where I've run um, in the last s- six months or so um, a marathon a week after either running a marathon or an ultra, and in both cases I ran the second race fast, you know, faster than than the race before. And in, in the most recent case, I ended up PRing a week after running a, a 50k. Um, and I think part of that was kind of like what you're saying. I, at least I think what you're saying, uh, Nate, that like I kind of went into it with no expectations because like I just ran a marathon the week before. I just ran a, a 50k the week before. So I'll just kind of go out, cruise, have fun and see what happens. And lo and behold, like, damn, like, here we go. You know, it's a it, new PR. So maybe it's the same type of thing with Boston, where if you kind of take your focus off of it, you can relax and maybe almost run better sometimes if you're kind of right on the bubble. Oh yeah, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. And um, you know, I had a a long time ago when I first started back into this endurance life. Um, I had uh, I had just bought a new bike and uh, was kind of trying to embed myself in the cycling community a little bit. And there was a guy that he said to me. He said, "Don't train to race. Race to train." And that has like stuck with me um, just ever since. Um, I don't really, I don't really ever taper for things. I don't. Um, I just go out and have a good time, and you know, pick out stuff that I want to do, and I go do it. And I try to stay in reasonable shape, and all of these things that allow me that um, opportunity, and that's how I go at it. So. That's an interesting, interesting philosophy that's going to be rattling around in my head, I think, for uh, for a few days. But I, I like the idea of it, of just, um, you know, like, I think, you know, maybe, maybe there's, wow, like, it, it, head's kind of spinning. But, yeah, not tapering, like, like on the one hand, maybe that's, you can you can kind of see, I think, the, the physiological um, reasons that, that we tend to do the taper. But, you know, it's, it's, it's many athletes that talk about the taper crazes and just kind of getting restless legs and, and stressing themselves out maybe um, 
and maybe psyching themselves out a bit in the lead up to a, a big race because they're not running, they're not, they're, they're, they have more time to just think and sit and be. Um, and, and yeah, I wonder if, if maybe you've got it right, just kind of keep training like normal pretty much and go out and run an event and have fun and, and yeah, see what happens. For sure. And I think that, you know, the taper is overrated. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, <laughs> I think that people only say they're tapering so they can say they're tapering and it's some kind of little, you know, badge of honor. But let's face it, as a coach, you know, I've been a coach and also in many different disciplines and um, people don't taper right. Right. I mean, if you want, if you're really tapering, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it in terms of your volume and your intensity and your nutrition and, you know, all of those sleep and everything that, you know, it's a very, it's like a unicorn, right? Um, like, I, I just think the taper is just this thing that people say they are doing to make them feel more invested in or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think you should let that roll around your head a little bit, right? Don't, you know, don't train to race, race to train. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's it's, what I do. I do probably 30 to 40 events a year. Um, so of all different, all different disciplines. So like my speed work, if you will, is those events. Right. And I don't hardly ever do any kind of structured training, you know, outside of that. I, I'm, I don't go to the track. I don't um, do speed work per se. Um, if I'm cycling, I'm not doing intervals, you know, on the road. Uh, but if I hit it, if I'm out for a ride and I'm coming to a climb, I'm going to work the climb, you know. Mm -hmm. If I'm out on a trail run, I'm going to try to maintain that same tempo run the hills and so i think i sort of embed my hard efforts just into my normal day and then i if i'm going to pay for something and drive there i'm going to go there and put a good effort in and that's what i look at as my you know speed work so yeah and and it's almost something i've, I've heard this term kicked around before but it, just intuitive training just kind of listening to your body listening to what what the day's got and, and obviously the, the location so like you said if you're out on the trail and there's some the, some hills and you want to power up them power up them you know even if the if the plan doesn't say that we're running hills today like like you run them um so yeah it's it's uh a different a different way of looking at it and and i think it's one of those things that um if you do it right it can it's probably the best the best way well i found it you know it um, it's, it's kept me excited about things. It's kept me wanting to, uh, you know, I don't ever really feel burned out. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess on the backside of that, um, you know, I'll admit, could some of that have, uh, you know, could I have done a little better in a few events or, you know, placed a couple places higher and things like that? Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, it's, it's part of my lifestyle, right? It's, you know, I'm doing something just about every day and I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of how I roll. And I guess I would, you know, I'm not going to turn down, you know, a bike ride with my, some friends of mine because I have, you know, a race in a couple days. Like I'm going to go out and build some social capital and hang out with my friends and have a good time. And, whatever's going to happen on that day is going to happen. Right. I mean, so like, I, I'm not going to say that if I'm have, you know, I have a, I have a half Ironman that I've signed up for and, you know, in June and like, I'm not going to go out in the three days before that and start hammering. Right. I'm going to 
kind of rest up, but I'm not going to go into a full sort of taper mentality either. So, yeah, you know. well, I, I think I, I uh, followed that, but yeah, I'm glad that you, you bring that up because it's something that, um, you know, for those that are, are maybe newer to running or, or whatever, um, it's, it's, yeah, we're, we're not, not being ridiculous just to have a little bit of common sense, but also not going to the other, no, neither one extreme or the other, I guess is, is ultimately right. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, so you, you said that, uh, you know, kind of as you were getting back into in, in, you know, running, uh, decided to, to try a, a duathlon, grabbed a bike and or you bought a bike and, and gave it a shot. Um, and it kind of sounds like from, from that point on, it's been, uh, been no looking back. Have you pretty much been all in on just about, uh, any form or fashion of endurance sports since then, or, or did it kind of waver a bit? No, it's pretty much been, um, just the next thing. Well, I did that, so I might as well give this a try. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, whether it's uh, triathlon, trail runs, cyclocross, uh, mountain bike races, um, bike races, crits, um, I've, I've, you know, excelled at all of those things. So, yeah, um, well, it's, it's, um, Kind of, I, I think maybe we've, we've been dancing around this topic a little bit, but I, I would love to dive into it a bit more. Um, and that is the idea that, that, you know, maybe having a little bit less focus on one thing uh, can, can kind of allow you to excel in, in a lot of things. Um, meaning, you know, I've, I've talked to triathletes before and, and, and various other multi-sport uh, athletes where, you know, like we already talked about, runners, especially those that are maybe trying to get to Boston, get so laser focused and so, you know, so... Um, just locked in on every running workout and, and all the, the perfect things for running and kind of neglect some of the cross training, neglect some of the other things that arguably would be as effective, if not more effective, to help them get get to the goal. And and it sounds like you've kind of gone almost the other direction where it's you're, you're so um, willing to do all the different types of events. Um, so I guess my, my question is, if, if I can make a, a sensible question out of all of this, um, yeah. How do you think that doing all of the different events, the, the, the tries and the mountain bikes and the, the swim events and, and the combinations of, of them therein um, have, have helped you improve as an endurance athlete? Like, uh, maybe it's a, it's a leading question, but do you think that being so well-rounded helps you in each of the individual sports or individual disciplines as, as well? Um, I think that it probably has surely added to uh, my longevity in the sport and in my, um, desire to keep at it. Um, I mean, with heading on 40 events a year, um, hitting something, you know, almost every weekend. Um, and some of those events, you know, especially some of the cyclocross stuff, it might be, it could be two or three races in a weekend kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, um, Give me, give me back your first question. I kind of, I lost my, I lost track of it there. No, it's okay. I think I lost track of it too, but just, <laughs> it, it was, it, I, I have a tendency of not always asking the most clear, clear cut questions sometimes, which my head gets going faster than my mouth, if that's even possible. But, um, being, being in invested in so many different sports in the swimming and the, the cycling and, and the running and the different variations of them, um, you know, just, just kind of, how, how do you think that that's made you a better, um, just a better overall athlete. I mean, be, be, being well-rounded, I guess, has that made you a better overall athlete? Well, I uh, I just think, so 
I think that, you know, you have a bigger platform from which to, you know, build, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of what we were sort of dancing around earlier, like, you know, wanting to qualify for Boston, right? You're running at that thing so much that at some point you'll become a better runner by training a different muscular system or a different engine, so to speak, of your body, right? So that was kind of my, you know, the criticism I gave my buddy who kept going and trying to qualify for Boston. And um, I'll try not to mention his name here as we're talking, <laughs> but I'll be like, dude, you need to like, you know, listen to me. You need to go and spend some more time in uh, the gym, uh, build some strength, build a little more power, even hell, even jump in and do a little CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. um, in those, you know, efforts, you're going to build a, uh, a, a different a different platform. You're going to be training a different engine and you're going to come back to your primary sport with just a little different muscle fibers being activated and things like this, right? Um, in fact, uh, uh, my girlfriend is a perfect example. She has, she was this ultra runner and well, she is an ultra runner. And ever since I've known her, she's been just kind of ultra, ultra, ultra. And, you know, I, over the few years we've been together, I've been, Hey, you know, you might want to try, you know, X, Y, or Z. And, um, lo and behold, uh, this few months ago, she got a membership to a local, you know, Y and she is, uh, you know, in the gym and doing some, you know, stuff on a spin bike and she's doing some stuff with kettlebells and strength and she's even gotten the pool a little bit and she came out to her first event uh, a couple weeks ago and she's like, holy shit, I've been, <laughs> I ran stuff on this loop that I've never run before and I feel good and I feel, you know, I, I feel like a more powerful runner, you know, and I'm like, yep, it only took you four years to, <laughs> so, you know, but that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? You know, right. so uh, I think it trains different sort of engines in your body. I think it provides different outlets. You meet different groups of people that also, I think, feed the dynamic in different communities. So I think all of that has, you know, um, I don't know. I just, uh, and I mean, I've had pretty good results with mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, I, I haven't really ever... I don't know. I haven't admitted this to you know myself until as of late. In fact, it came out of the conversation I was having with my buddy about Boston because I was getting a little frustrated with him because he felt like he was hearing me. And I'm like, dude, you know, uh, I am one of uh, the better endurance athletes in all these disciplines, you know, in the state of Ohio and surrounding areas, right? So you probably should just sort of internalize what I'm having a conversation with you about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't even, it was out of my frustration with him. And I was like, oh, I guess they're, I've kind of been at this long enough and doing it that I feel like I have something to say. So, um, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, I, you, you, you definitely did. And, and um, I'm going to ask a follow-up question that, that's a bit uh, playing devil's advocate. Um, okay. Because, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Even if you don't want to go, like, like I don't have much of a desire, really, any desire at this point, to do a bunch of 
you know, triathlon or duathlon or, or multi-sport races, but I do have the desire. Like I get on, I, I ride the spin bike probably four, at least four times a week. I aim for five, but I don't always hit the, the fifth day. Um, right. you know, do, do the weights, do the yoga. I, I continue to tell myself every year that I'm going to get in the pool more this summer and it, and, and, you know, hopefully this year will be the year that it happens. But anyway, all that to say, I, I believe in, in, in that we're on the same side or at least coming in the same direction on the value of doing different things, building the engine, building the base from different angles and, and how that can push you forward. But kind of from a, a devil's advocate slash adversarial direction, do you think that in, in your experience, you know, f- speaking for, for you and yourself only here, um, do you think that competing in so many different types of races instead of maybe narrowing that focus a little bit uh to to be more of a triathlon heavier more of a cycle cross heavier more of a trail running heavy whatever um do you think that maybe you're you're leaving some at least maybe it's possible that you're leaving some potential untapped because you don't maybe focus enough being so broad in, in your endurance pursuits um yeah, I think I probably, you know, like like I, you know, mentioned, uh, you know, sort of that that short term kind of power output is something that uh, is probably, you know, lacking in my, you know, training portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I recognize the fact that, um, you know, if if I if right, I want to you know develop that, and if I see that as a weakness, I probably should do some things like you know training that speed. You know whether it's intervals on the track or intervals on you know the bike on the road, or sure, yeah, I I I'll concede that point. But it's almost um, you know it's a conversation I've had with myself and. It's not something that's nagging at me enough that I really want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. You, you follow what I'm saying? You know, the the kind of regiment that I would have to go into to kind of get to that next place. I just don't know that, you know, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and I, I, as, as you're answering that, I, I just hear that your, your voice in my head going, you know, do, do you train to race or do you race to train? And it's like, you know, if it, I, I think that... Uh, sounds like you're very happy and, and willing. And I think that I'm, I'm there too, to, to give up maybe just a little bit on, on race day to just make it fun and to, to enjoy it, enjoy the process a bit more. And, um, and I think that's, that's an okay thing. Exactly. And I kind of look at it. Um, okay. Okay. So if I shift my focus and, you know, um, you know, let's take it to the, you know, the cycling world, I guess, right. I shift my focus and I'm going to focus on some, intervals and really work on my power output and you know things like that and train that really you know small band of power for whatever events coming up well okay so i devoted all this time right and energy into this thing and then it comes race day and i don't know the weather sucks or i get a flat tire halfway through the event and it's been like there's so many variables that i feel like can happen on race day if you put all those eggs in that one basket you come out of that event feeling a little bit deflated and then that deflated sticks with you and you beat yourself up and blah 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 right and i don't know i just kind of want to keep moving forward and have a good time and um, you know, 
so I, I suppose, you know, there's always things that I could do better, could do different, but um, over overall, I'm pretty content with where I'm at and how I do. And most events that I show up at, I can be competitive, you know, enough, you know, and or win. So I'll, you know, I guess I'll just take my lumps when they come, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. When, when you're when you're competing at, at pretty high levels, you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty hard to, to nitpick too much, I think. And um, something else I, I think I saw somewhere along the lines is is uh, that you've competed in, in several national championship level events um, across again a variety of, of different uh, sports and combination of, of disciplines and things like that. What, what's it like going to a, a national championship type of event where where quite literally some of, if not the uh, best athletes in whether, whether it's triathlon or duathlon or whatever, um, the best athletes in, in the, the country are there. What's, what's, what are those races like? Um, actually, it's, it's funny to bring that up. I, actually, this past year, I competed in four national championships and uh, just missed the fifth one because I didn't have a partner for one of the swim run events. Um, actually, it's... Uh, it's a little humbling for really, um, you know, I, um, I do pretty well, you know, regionally and, um, locally, but when you go to that national level, it really, it's, a it's another, it's another ball of wax, you know, and, um, it's, it's a little humbling really. Um, because, you know, people from all over the country, you know, show up and, you know, take uh, the, the first national championships I went to uh, this year was the Duathlon National Championships in Greenville, South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I looked at, I mean, I didn't really pay attention to times and things like that. I think it was, the race was, if I recall, it's a 5K, 5K run, 40K bike, 10K run. And, uh, I looked at the times and from the year before and I'm like, oh, well, shit, I think that I could probably, you know, easily make the top 10, if not make, you know, the top five based upon these times. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, we get there and, you know, this is a perfect example, right? We get there. I think the high temperature of the day was maybe like mid thirties in South Carolina, which was, you know, an anomaly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm just like freezing on the bike. I mean, I get off the bike and I can't even hardly feel my feet, you know, and to start the next run. And, you know, I get spit out the back of that race and I finished like I want to say 15th or something like that. Um, and, you know, I was towards, you know, it was kind of a small field and I was towards the bottom of my age group and I was like, holy shit, that just kind of like smacked me in the face. <laughs> um, but that's kind of an example of, you know, you could go, like I went through all sort of the, well, you know, what the hell just happened, right? I kind of, you know, in the days afterwards, I'm like, well, you know, Maybe it was the, you know, the last year's event was out in, you know, I think Washington state and I heard it was really hilly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, you know, those kind of things come into play and, you know, I'm like, well, maybe some of the fast guys from like your neck of the woods, like Florida and the East coast didn't make the trip out to Washington. Maybe that's 
I, I would have been more competitive out there, right? But, you know, you go to South Carolina and all those fast dudes from, you know, the Carolinas on down who train all year and, you know, are just like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went through that and, you know, but it's just a different, it surely is a different level at the national at the national level. So, yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, certainly, certainly. And, and even that's when, a long way of, you told me to be long-winded. Yeah, so absolutely. That's a long way of saying it's kind of humbling and can be a little bit of a gut check, you know? So... Yeah, well, and and I I would I would imagine so, and I mean you know I mean just by definition I guess probably it should be it should be it should be difficult it should be a challenge by by definition national championship, um, but even with with some of those experiences I have to to imagine just from uh, hearing you talk and kind of the, the competitive nature that I feel like you you have um, anytime the opportunity presents still still plan on going back and, and competing at, at the national championship level whenever you have the opportunity. Yeah, sure. Um, uh... In fact, the uh, the national championships for triathlon are back in Cleveland this year, so I'm going to hit that. I've qualified again, so I'll go hit that because it's you know right up the road for me. So why not? Um, yeah, well, that that home home field advantage almost. So you know, might, yeah. might as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was so that was the first. Uh, I did the uh, Dunats, and then I went and did mountain bike nationals in West Virginia, and um, was participated in that. And then we had the Tri Nats, and then um, I went and did cyclocross nationals as well. So that was down in, in Louisville. So gotcha, gotcha. And each of the each of those days has left me a little bit. Um, disappointed i suppose um you know um and i just did you know it was one of those things where you just you came to the day and you just didn't have your you know greatest day right mm-hmm. so sometimes those things keep you know keep things in perspective i suppose yeah certainly it, it's a, a good reminder that that everybody can have their day and and, and uh Likewise, I guess maybe everybody can have their days when it's not their day, and it, it just really is a bummer when that happens. When it's a, when it's a goal race, whether it's a national championship, a Boston qualifying event, to tie in that conversation from before, or whatever it is, it's just, it just doesn't make it any easier pill to swallow. But uh, um, I guess it's the nature of of what we do, I suppose. Yeah, and you know that I, maybe that keeps me, you know, coming back, and it and maybe this sort of you know to kind of go back to our thread about you know those, you know race into train versus, you know, train into race kind of thing. Um, you know, those, it seems like, you know, those, uh, events that those big ones like that, those marquee events that, um, you know, I've kind of maybe incurred the most financial cost to get to. And, um, I just always left the day a little bit wanting in terms of, no, I felt like I could have gained a few more places, you know, if X, Y, or Z, right? So, but that's that's the nature of racing, you know? If, if you're doing it for, uh, you know, from a competitive point of view. Yeah, with with that, um, with that, teeing, teeing that, that thought up for me, uh, I think maybe this will be a, a good place to kind of put a bow on it with, with one final question. Um, you know, the, the idea that, you know, it is a big marquee event, marquee type of race. Um, whether it's Boston, whether it's a destination race, whether it's a national championship, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, like you just said, you kind of, you know, 
leave almost going, man, I, if only I could have done a little bit more or whatever. Trim, trimmed a few seconds here, a few, a few minutes there and, and climbed up a few paces. Um, right. Do you think for, for yourself with, with being competitive and, and, and trying to push, push yourself uh, against the field that there would ever be a point outside of finishing first where you wouldn't leave one of those types of, of races and kind of be thinking back going, gosh, if only, if only this, if only that, um, is, is that something that, uh, would, would, uh, is that a conversation you're always going to have pretty much almost no matter what the results are? Um, no, I think it, uh, I, I there's, um, there's like a, a, like there's a feeling to the effort that I give on that day where if I've kind of hit that metric for myself, then, you know, I'm okay with that. Right. Um, it's not about, and, and maybe that sort of, uh, a subtext of all this. And although, um, it might sound like that I'm, I'm very competitive. It's, uh, it's more about like how I do on that day. You know, it's, it's a very, um, internal metric. Um, and, and most of the times that internal metric plays out the, on the stats, I, I have done fairly well throughout my career, but still it's kind of this, internal feeling of the effort I gave and, you know, how I kept it together, how I fueled things, you know, that sort of thing. And it's not like, um, I sort of dwell on it for very long. You know, I kind of pick myself up and head out with my buddies the next weekend or day or whatever. And it's, you know, it's all good. So gotcha. I'll take a minute though. I want to talk about this new, uh, you mentioned yeah. I, I was I was just going to bring that back up. I know I kind of said that might be the last question, but I totally forgot to talk about swim the, the Ignite Swim Run events, um, yeah. which I'd never heard of before until you know I, I was getting ready to to chat with you today. So so yeah, tell us a little bit more about that for those that might be interested in uh, a, a different kind of event than anything I've ever heard of before. Yeah, this this has really um, sort of put some fire back in my belly in terms of sort of exciting new events. I mean as anyone who's listened this far, you know, I've done quite a, you know, a different array of things, but this one, um, actually it's sort of all my interest in it all started from actually following somebody on Instagram and, uh, another podcast. And, uh, I was following this athlete on Instagram and he was talking about going to do this, uh, world championships and it was um, called Otolo and it's a Swedish term or, I don't know, some kind of Scandinavian, maybe don't quote me on the, <laughs> could be Swedish, Finland, I don't know, but anyway, it's a Scandinavian uh, event, and that's where it sort of started, and the Otolo, which I don't have the accents right, but um, it means island to island, and it sort of started like, you know, the Ironman triathlon did, where these dudes just kind of threw down a bet, and hey, we're going to swim across the ocean to this island and we're going to run across that one and we're going to swim to the next and you know on and on and now it's become uh there's a world championships for it and it's fairly big it seems to me just looking at races that's a big in europe and now it's sort of worked its way over to the states so anyway i listened to um and kind of watched you know this athlete go do it and you know heard his story did a podcast about it and something about 
um, him talking about it. Um, and you have a partner, so you have like a buddy, it's sort of a buddy system because you're swimming across open water for, you know, and, uh, in this case it was, you know, in the ocean, right? So you have this buddy system. So it's a partner based event, event, which is kind of, is, is cool to me, um, where I've found it to be very cool. Um, and it uh, basically you wear all the same gear and you swim in your shoes and you run in the wetsuit specific stuff that you have the gear and and it's just been I don't know it's just really excited me I just really enjoy it it's like going on a trail run with swims in between them <laughs> and uh, I found a, a friend of mine um, had heard the same podcast and uh, he was excited about it. And we're like, hey, we got to go do this. And so we did a couple events last year. And I, uh, one of those was uh, an Ignite event. And I reached out to Ignite and wanted to be involved. And um, they offered me a position to be an ambassador for them for the coming year. And it's just been really a really cool experience. So, Are there... Are there uh these events pretty much anywhere where, you know, I would say anywhere around the country, but I guess obviously water has to be found and, and accessible, but anywhere where there's a, a decent enough body of water to, to get some swims in is, is it pretty much all over the place? Yeah. Um, so the ignite events, there's one, the, the first one of the series is going to be in Maryland. And then I think the next one is Knoxville and then it might go out to, uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. and then it comes back East to um i think oh there's one in rhode island block island which i hear is a fantastic uh venue um and then there is one in richmond uh virginia so yeah essentially you want this lake sort of in the center of things ish right and you might uh swim across the lake hit a trail, swim back across some inlet or cove, hit some more trail, and you work your way through essentially about 25K of uh, trail running and up to two miles of swimming that way. So, And I I like the variety of it. I like the partner aspect. So your partner has to stay within 10 meters of you for the entire event. So that is kind of a cool feature. So there's a com- you know a camaraderie to it, right. and uh, you know it would surely helps if you have a partner that's you know in the same ballpark as you you know in terms of your mm-hmm. prowess and all in the events and I mean in the disciplines. But um, yeah, it's been really it's really exciting. So yeah, certainly it sounds sounds like an interesting uh, type of of event to either participate in or shoot just to probably spectate it would be a pretty a pretty fun one although being trails you know you may not see a whole lot but it would be at least be kind of uh an interesting thing to experience so if people want to check it out do you, do you have another website offhand nate um yeah ignite swim run you can like google it and you'll find it um there's a website that talks about all their races um most of i think all of the distances um you, you need a partner however um I think Ignite is trying something new and to encourage, I think, you know, people that might be on the bubble to get involved. They do have a solo event for the shorter distance, which might be less sort of like a sprint distance, if you will. Gotcha. Um, I think they call it the spark distance, but you can do it solo. So if anyone out there is listening and 
you're in you know a few hours drive of any of those places I mentioned you should really come uh, check it out it's a uh, it's a really cool vibe um, and uh, it's just been a great experience gotcha gotcha and uh, guys if, if, you, if you're out on the go and forget the names and all that kind of stuff I mean like like Nate said ignite swim run I think it's just ignite swim com is is the, the official link but we'll make sure Ellen will make sure to have it listed in the show notes too so you can head back over uh, to disruns.com slash 695 and we'll make sure to have that linked um, Nate I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one last quick question at you um, to, to kind of uh, uh, put a bow on things I uh, shoot I shouldn't have said that this might be the last question two or three <laughs> questions ago I, I should have known known better than to do that but um, the, the way I typically wrap these things up is with something that I, I kind of call a philosophical question anyway, which I was kind of trying to get to before, but then I totally forgot about the swim run. Anyway, um, philosophical meaning, you know, very open-ended, kind of like the introductory question. We can take any, any number of directions and, and long, short, whatever, but this will, I promise I won't ask any other follow-ups after this, no matter, no matter how well you team me up for something. Um, well, don't make promises. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably should, should know better than that after 600 or however many episodes it's been. But uh, anyway, um, if you could only do one more type of event, whether it's the, the Ignite Swim Run events, whether it's cycle cross, duathlon, triathlon, whatever. Um, if you could only do one more style of event for, for now until um, they, they, they put you in, in the grave, uh, can, can you, can you uh, narrow it down? Which, which type of event would you uh, choose to, to continue to participate in and drop all the rest of them by the wayside? Hmm. So I have to pick one of the disciplines or can I come, um, like, I mean, that's, a, that's pretty easy. Well, shit, I'll just say that I would, you know, go towards, uh, how about an off-road, <laughs> uh, off-road, uh, half iron distance triathlon. How's that? That works. I suppose that, that ticks most of the major boxes there at least. Hey, yeah, that would probably be my, if I had to do one more, and that's what I would probably, uh, that's what I would go with. So, yeah. That works. An Xterra off-road sort of triathlon, I think. So That works. That works. And thankfully, um, you don't have to make that choice. It's just a, it's just a strictly hypothetical. But uh, once again, guys, disruns.com slash 695 is the link uh, to the show notes. We'll have the links to various things we talked about, different races and events and things like that, series, all, all those different things. Uh, disruns.com slash 695. Uh, Nate, thanks for, for taking the time today. Thanks for certainly broadening my horizon on some different um, different types of races. The, the swim run thing, like I said, totally had never heard of that before. It sounds, I don't know if it's up my alley, but it sounds intriguing enough for me to at least look into it a little bit. Um, but uh, certainly wish you nothing but continued success going forward. And uh, thanks for giving me something to think about with that whole train to race and race to train type of thing. That's still rattling around my head and it's going to be there for a few days. So I uh, certainly appreciate the time today and, and wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you very much. And thanks for the opportunity. And uh, uh, likewise, uh, good luck with your Boston. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Nate and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that uh, we talked about today that really kind of resonates with you? It really kind of, uh, you know, was, was something that you found interesting or thought-provoking or, or made you stop and, and rewind and listen to it again. Um, for me, there, there were certainly a few things. The, the idea of, you know, um, racing to train, not training to race. That was, that was a big one. Um, but I think my, my bigger takeaway is just the idea of having a really broad base of fitness and what that can do for you, for, for me, for us 
as as runners. You know, I mean, you, you've heard me talk about this before. It's probably something that's that's not very new, not very surprising that I'm talking about the idea of of doing some cross training, doing some some other work, some strength training, some some different things. Um, you know, for the most part, most of us listening, we're runners first and foremost as far as our, our athletic pursuits. That's what we do. We like to run, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not not advocating that you become a triathlete if you don't have any desire to get in the pool or, or to get on the bike on a regular basis and compete on in those in those areas. Um, I certainly have no plans of of you know getting into to triathlons hot and heavy anytime soon. Who knows what the future holds? But right now, no plans on abandoning running and and sticking with running. That said, uh, I definitely believe in the value of doing some some cross training activities. Uh, you know, doing some cycling, doing some swimming, doing some elliptical or some rowing, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, and I think that Nate's a perfect example of how that can be so beneficial, how he can continue to, to race strong and compete in, in a bunch of different, uh, sports, a, a bunch of different, um, you know, types of, of races. Um, and uh, for the most part, avoid the injury bug and avoid burnout and things like that, because he's got this broad base of fitness from the swimming and the biking and the running. And so I would, you know, my takeaway is that I need to, to continue to double down on, you know, using my Peloton and, and getting on the bike on a regular, getting on the, on the exercise bike on a, you know, four five, six times a week basis. Um, I might need to finally make this the year that I really, you know, stop saying that this year I'm going to start swimming more. And actually this year start swimming more. Um, who knows? Jury's still out on that, but, but maybe that's, maybe that's something that I need to work on and, and, and really incorporate some upper body, some more upper body activity. Although doing some strength training, that helps too. But just having a broad base of fitness is always going to serve us well, not only in our running, but also just in life, just being a healthy person, being, being all around fit and not just somebody who just runs in a straight line for, you know, 5k or 10k or 21k or 42k or whatever, whatever race distance that you tend to, to, uh, gravitate towards. So, um, a broad base of fitness, multidisciplined. I think that's a good thing. Um, not only for running and for life and just hearing Nate talk about it and, and some of the, you know, the, the quite obvious successes that he's had really, I think cements in my mind that that's, that that's, that's the way to go, you know, run, run most of the time, maybe, um, have that be your primary thing. But, you know, if you're not doing anything right now and you don't have time to do some biking or to do some swimming or, or something else, Maybe sacrifice one of those easy runs for something cross training and, uh, see what that does for you. Um, and you might just, you know, one time probably not gonna make a difference, but you start making that a consistent change and you might just be surprised, uh, how things start to, to come around and, and how that doing something different actually helps you become a better runner as well. So that was my takeaway a little bit long winded, but Hey, what else is new, right? Um, what, what, what about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at Diz Runs. Shoot me an Instagram message at Diz Runs there as well. You can also send an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can always head over to the show notes and leave your thoughts and comments and feedbacks and takeaways there as well. There's also links. There's also photos. Uh, Ellen does a great job putting the show notes together, so you can always check that stuff out as well. The link for today's episode, DizRuns.com slash 695. You can leave your feedback and takeaways there in the comments towards the bottom of the page. Um, and, uh, I think that's about where we'll, we'll wrap it up. If you want to check out the coaching stuff I have available, you can head over to the show notes first, leave your comments and then check out the coaching tab. Uh, and all of the information is there. Uh, any questions or concerns along the way, let me know. Um, 
But uh, for now, let's go ahead and, and put a bow on this one. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one as always. Uh, thanks for all the support, sharing, telling others about the show, um, tweets and messages, all those things mean, mean so much. And they certainly help to uh, keep things going and growing in the right direction. So uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you again for, for listening and, and letting me uh, be a part of your world. And, and uh, whether you realize it or not, for you being a part of mine, uh, I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, take care, guys. <laughs>